Hey, there's the music. That means it's time for Animal Talk. Some of those doggone pet people on the planet helping you with your pets. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Just want to say thank you, everybody, for uh, joining the party, coming along. Don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, leave a comment, do all those podcast things in all the podcast places. You'll find us uh, pretty much uh, everywhere. Uh, Instagram. Find the Instagram. The Instagram's a, a fun one right now. Lots of stuff happening over on Instagram, and that is simply Animal Talk Radio. And again, likewise, with Twitter and Facebook, uh, YouTube, Animal Talk TV. Find us all over the place doing all kind of animal stuff, talking about all kind of uh, tips for your pets and uh, important animal issues. Hey, it's Jamie. I'm going to hop on in here and remind you about our sponsor, WearingFunny.com. WearingFunny.com for all your pet parent t-shirt needs. Head on over to WearingFunny.com and check out the vast array of amazing, hilarious t-shirts. Thoughtful, cuddly, and cute for you and your kitties and your puppies. And hey, we take requests. If you have a critter that we don't have represented... Let us know. We'll get you connected with just the perfect shirt for you and your critters. Showing your love for being the best pet parent you can possibly be. Wearingfunny.com. Back to the show. Uh, it's uh, people listen whenever, wherever, however. But uh, today is Tuesday. It's uh, the Giving Tuesday uh, after Black Friday, Cyber Monday. It's Giving Tuesday. And charitable works are on, on people's mind hopefully today. Uh, so check out the Instagram, Animal Talk Radio on Instagram, because we uh, made a bunch of suggestions uh, for charities that you can look into and always the best charity uh, close to home. Find a rescue. Uh, they're always in need. You know, your local rescues. We're here in Detroit, uh, the Detroit Dog Rescue. They do amazing stuff, but they always need more volunteers. They always need more funding. Uh, so find a local charity. Uh, and then if your heart is big and your pockets are deep, you can go nationwide and worldwide, because uh, there's a lot of problems. Oh my gosh, uh, there's so many problems uh, in our in our ecosystem, in the environment, and that's what we're going to be talking uh, about today, and uh, trying to trying to make sense of uh, all the madness in the world, and finding out uh, just exactly how deep the problems go. Can we fix it? Are these things reversible? Can we come back from the damage that we that we've done? It's 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 because we're we're doing damage to the planet and the environment, and and we want to know can it be fixed? So we're going to turn the experts, people that are involved in the conservation, and find out exactly uh, what's being done, what more can be done, and and uh, you know it's it's worth saving, but uh, have we gone too far? And uh, with us today to to help us talk about that. We're gonna we're turning like I said we're turning we're turning to the experts. We have the Friends of the Earth. It's the uh, World Sustainability Organization and uh, one of the branches there, the the Friends of the Sea, uh, also the Friends of the Earth. And we have us with us today, the director. Uh, I'm gonna mess it up. Paulo, Bray. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Paulo. Thanks Very nice for being uh, here with you. Thanks for thanks for being with us on Animal Talk. Uh, we were gonna talk today um, about rhinos. Um, and and the the problems that uh, are, are happening because of uh, you know habitat and poaching and uh, well one question before that do I make you horny baby okay that's me that's my twelve year old <laughs> kicking in there Uh no it's uh, it's just bad comedy but uh, 
First thing I want to know uh, before we get into the rhinos, I want to know about you. So, pal, tell me about your childhood. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I'm I'm Italian. I'm based in uh, Milan, in Italy. But um, about 30 years ago, when I got out of university, I decided to do something for the planet, not just uh, for myself. And uh, and so I started working many years ago on a project of an NGO based in uh, California called the Earth Island Institute, founded by David Brower, considered to be the most influential environmentalist of the past century in the U.S. And the project was the Dolphin Safe Tuna Project, which had just been launched. You might be familiar with that. I'm currently the international director of this uh, project, which aims to certify tuna caught without harming dolphins. The problem was that in the eastern tropical Pacific, between uh, California, Baja California, and Peru, about 7 million dolphins have been killed by the tuna industry. We're wow. talking about dolphins now, uh, even though the subject is rhino. Just to yeah, yeah. Uh, tell you how we got here, basically, we, we, we realized that by certifying tuna, we could save uh, dolphins. We actually managed to lower dolphin mortality in this critical area of the eastern tropical Pacific by over 98%, so from about 100,000 killed every year to the current uh, 1,000, 1,500. And so I realized that certifications could be a very important tool to achieve tangible conservation results. And I launched in 2008 Friend of the Sea, as you mentioned, which is a certification of products on sustainable fisheries and aquaculture, because fisheries and aquaculture have a potential to impact the environment, but can also be carried out in a sustainable way. And we managed to involve a lot of companies. We monitor uh, over 1,500 companies worldwide to verify that the fishing activity and the aquaculture activity is done respecting the marine environment. And then in 2018, we launched Friend of the Earth, which does a similar thing for products from agriculture and farming. At the same time, we uh, dedicated an increasing part of our budget to conservation projects and campaigns worldwide. So we are giving back to the environment and this way also uh, when uh, people uh, choose a friend of the sea or friend of the earth certified products they know that they are produced in a sustainable way but at the same time that by purchasing them they are also supporting our conservation initiatives in some cases they are our own projects such as the butterflies project the project to prevent uh, whales sheep strikes and so on other uh, projects we have uh, selected based on a very thorough uh, selection and we support them and that's the case of the rhino project uh, in uh, south africa all right so the rhinos it they're, they're, we're losing habitat it's a it's it's, it's a two-pronged problem right for the rhinos uh and probably even more than that but they're losing their habitat and then you have uh, an astounding amount of, of poaching going on. Who's poaching these rhinos and, and why? Well, the, uh, uh, the, the, the word, the name rhinoceros uh, comes from the Greek uh, uh, rhinos, nose, and uh, keras, horn. And uh, in fact, uh, the horn is made of uh, keratin, uh, which is the same substance of which our hair and nails are made and really, there is no scientific evidence of any health benefits from uh, using this, uh, uh, even though, unfortunately, this is the main reason for 
uh, rhinos populations have it dropped dramatically some for some species for over 90% over the years. Yes. In fact, uh, uh, there's uh, the, the, the Chinese and the, some other traditional uh, Asian uh, medicines uh, um, believe that they bring uh, uh, health, uh, that they have some health uh, properties. And, uh, and so there's a very important market still in China, in Vietnam and other Asian uh, uh, countries for uh, rhino horn uh, products. And uh, unfortunately, this has led to some, po some populations decreasing dramatically. So we, we have uh, the, about, uh, we have uh, five different uh, species of uh, uh, rhinos uh, still living. Uh, some others have gone extinct. There's uh, two in uh, uh, Africa and uh, three in uh, Southeast Asia. And uh, out of these uh, five, three of these uh, species uh, are among the most endangered animals. Uh, uh, the black rhino, the Javan rhino, and the Sumatran rhino, they are all uh, considered critically endangered by the IUCN red list, which is the most uh, uh, followed and accepted uh, uh, list of endangered species. And... Uh, Again, the main uh, reason for this decrease in the populations is the poaching. Uh, however, also loss of habitat is obviously a very important uh, uh, impact factor. But there are not only bad news. Um, the total individuals of rhinos worldwide is approximately 26,000. So some of the species have shown... Uh, some of the population species have shown a, a, a gradual increase, especially in the last decade, and a gradual reduction in the poaching uh, due to the fact that some of them, uh, some of these populations are currently made of uh, a, a, a very little group of individuals. Imagine that, for example, the Javan and the Sumatran uh, populations are 26 and 28 individuals left. And the northern white rhino, which is a subpopulation of the white rhino, is only made up of uh, two captive females. So basically, wow. it's going extinct. Uh, however, uh, the Indian, the Javan, and the Sumatran populations are increasing, as well as the black rhino. And in recent years, in very recent years, the white rhino. So wow. something is happening. So this is the good news. But uh, we should not, absolutely not, there is no reason to uh, celebrate or uh, give up. Uh, we need to continue um, active population management and anti-poaching activities, also involving the, the local uh, population. And this is why uh, Friend of the Earth, among other organizations, is uh, supporting um, the rhino orphanage in uh, Limpopo province in South Africa, quite close to Johannesburg. This orphanage uh, program has been uh, commissioned by Mr. Ari van de Venter uh, in 2012 and managed to uh, protect and save over the years over uh, 70 uh, rhino orphans. Uh, so I was going to say, you know, the, it's when they when when these when these rhinos get poached, 
uh, a lot of time uh, a, a byproduct of that and even damaging the 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 herd and the the numbers even more you know are the baby rhinos so these adult rhinos are getting poached and then the babies are, are left to their own and then you know usually not a not a good story what do you do with a baby rhino so you guys opened a, a, a rhino orphanage yes uh Harry uh, uh, van der Venter opened uh, this uh, orphanage back in 2012. Okay. Uh, and the reason is that, in fact, uh, uh, as you were rightly saying, rhino calves are heavily dependent on their mother's guidance to learn the skills necessary, you know, to fend themselves in the wild. And, and, and usually uh, they stick with their mothers for up to four years. Okay. So when a mother rhino is killed, and an untrained calf would be highly vulnerable and have little chance of survival. And so uh, this, this uh, very strong poaching activity has left uh, many helps, help, helpless calves perishing. Uh, and this is, of course, uh, further hampered the conservation efforts. So the, the Ainur Orphanage managed to protect uh, these uh, orphans to also raise awareness, obviously. And there was a need to also uh, improve their um, captive habitat, their protected habitat. And we're talking about uh, a big number of hectares. And uh, so by means of our uh, support, uh, the support of the Friend of the Earth uh, program uh, of the WSO, the World Sustainability Organization, uh, the Rhino Orphanage managed to improved enclosures and uh, uh, expand its potential infant carrying capacity into a 4,800 hectare protected reserve. And we really hope that this will give uh, a better chance of survival to these uh, orphans and to the new ones, which unfortunately come in every year due to poaching. So are these, uh, the, is this preserve, is it just for the, the orphaned rhinos or are you collecting other rhinos and steering them that way to live in a safe space? Well, uh, it is mostly uh, for the rhinos, uh, even though within the same uh, area, there are other uh, species. There are giraffes, others which not uh, predate uh, on uh, rhinos, obviously. There are very few species which actually predate on rhinos, but which could not impact their uh, survival. So we have actually been there, and uh, it's a huge area, but uh, now it's uh, much easier for the staff, for the team there of the rhino orphanage to actually monitor and, and, and protect, protect them and gradually uh, prepare them to be reintroduced also in the wild. Yeah. So what do you do um, day to day? Are you boots on the ground? Are you uh, uh, taking care of rhinos and feeding rhinos? Uh, what is what's your role, generally speaking? Well, we 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 have some um, images, which unfortunately I cannot show you right now over the radio, but uh, we have actually been there and uh, helped ourselves with our team in the face of uh, um moving the rhinos um at the during last summer from the previous uh, location to the new one so we are supporting in this sense and uh, we are planning also to gradually send in the area um uh, students 
and uh, volunteers to help support the the orphanage. On top of that, uh, we helped them uh, uh, and, and funded uh, a video which is about to be released, which will help to uh, further raise uh, awareness. Uh, and the plan is uh, to assess their uh, biodiversity um, beneficial impact and uh, trade it on uh, the market of biodiversity offsets. So basically propose it uh, uh, for funding to companies to allow their uh, impact uh, on uh, similar species or the rhino species also in, uh, in the area. So imagine a mining uh, company, which is uh, in, in Southern Africa, which is the area where you find most of the white and black uh, uh, rhinos, uh, is impacting somehow uh, part of their habitat, using it for mining. And even though mining companies nowadays, not all of them, but some have um, environmental policies in order to reduce their impact over the years, uh, reforest the areas which have been used for mining and so on, there's still an impact that they have to compensate. And they might uh, be able to compensate just like you do. You might have heard of the carbon offset to compensate the emissions which cannot be eliminated from your production, they might uh, well be able to uh, compensate uh, their impact uh, um, by purchasing and thus uh, donating to this uh, um, project to support uh, the survival of uh, uh, rhinos. What do, you, what do you feed a baby rhino? What does it, what does it take to uh, nurture and take care of a baby rhino? Well, uh, you know, I'm not a scientist, but uh, <laughs> I've been there and I have fed uh, some of these rhinos myself. I, right. I, I would be glad maybe if you have like uh, the possibility in the next few days to show uh, some of the images and videos, uh, we'd be glad uh, to have our team send it to you. Uh, we we prepared the, the, the uh, milk-based... Uh, uh, feed that was uh, fed to them uh, we we participated also and we learned from from uh, from this uh, trip we made um and so at least in the initial years they are fed with the milk or with the substance made of milk uh, which is recomposed by the uh, veterinary experts that are on site uh, to imitate the milk that the mothers cannot feed anymore, unfortunately, to these uh, calves. And uh, on top of that, uh, uh, they are basically herbivores uh, and uh, with some uh, slight differences, the, 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 the white and the black rhinos feed uh, of uh, vegetables. The white rhinos have a, a broader uh, flat lips for grazing uh, whereas the black rhinos have long pointed lips for eating foliage. Okay. And actually, a curiosity is that uh, they are not white or black. They are no, not. No, they're not. The, the reason yeah. why they're called white uh, most likely comes from the Dutch uh, or you know, South African uh, word for um, uh, wide mouth, 
Ah. So the white rhinos have a wide mouth, uh, as I explained, for grazing. And consequently, uh, the other rhinos were called black because they didn't have a white yeah. <laughs> mouth. So what does it take? We talked. You talked about the funding, but what does it take to, to sustain uh, financially uh, just one of the rhinos for a year? Oh, that's a good question. And uh, I'll be glad to have my team answer you <laughs> okay. uh, because I don't have this information at hand it, and I wouldn't... Uh, I'm guessing a lot. <laughs> I wouldn't want to say uh, something. We discussed about this. I, yeah. uh, again, I think uh, the best thing is to have the final word from the program itself. Sure. Um, I believe that... Uh, uh, considering the fact that uh, there, there were about uh, uh, 30 rhinos at the time that we've been there and the budget is something around uh, uh, 500,000 or 600,000. Uh, it, it could be as well something close to about, uh, let me calculate yeah. this, about 600,000 divided by... Yeah. No, that's a lot. That's a divided that's a by thirty, let's say. So mm -hmm. I would say something around twenty thousand euros at least uh, yeah. per rhino, uh, because you have to consider that, uh, and, and and this is a, this is data per year. Yeah. You have to consider that they have to be protected within an area uh, that has to be somehow managed or rent has to be paid. Yeah, and on top of that, the, there's. Uh, movement of um, uh, trucks and so uh, to um, uh, monitor them uh, there's people to be involved a uh, good part of them are uh, on a voluntary basis but of course you need also experts which uh, need somehow to be compensated for the time dedicated and so yeah. on and there's uh, the whole food that has to be given to them and they they might stay in the area, you know, at least for those uh, four years I mentioned, uh, uh, in which they are not yet uh, independent. Uh, so you know, you multiply that by four or five, it could be that you need yeah. at least one hundred thousand euros altogether over the five years uh, to support and protect them. And that's if they don't get ill or anything, too. <laughs> you forget about it if they get ill, too. They yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. So if people, if people wanted to get involved uh, and, and, and find out and possibly donate, uh, where can they uh, c contact and get in touch of uh, Friends of the Earth and Friends of the Sea? Yes, we have uh, two websites, a Friend of the Earth. Friend is a singular, friendoftheearth.org as well as friendofthesea.org. And uh, from the homepage, you have a donate uh, button. But you can also write to us so that we can uh, direct you uh, to the projects themselves. We, we wouldn't want to take like an administrative cost on top of that. It's, uh, it's fair enough for us to, for the donor, if they want to donate to the project itself, to donate directly to the uh, uh, rhino orphanage in uh, Limpopo in Africa, but we can help and direct them. Excellent. So, if uh, if people, where are you getting the message out? Because uh, you talked about some really interesting images and and some videos. So, where are you sharing your message? Is this uh, on social medias? Is it on those websites? Where are people 
going to be able to see these these videos and see the the pictures uh yeah you can see the work you've done you can see on our on the friend of the earth uh, instagram uh you can see the images and the videos of uh, our last visit to the rhino orphanage on top of that the rhino orphanage as well as other the other uh, over 30 conservation projects that we are supporting worldwide and also humanitarian projects in some cases are uh, uh, sending us uh, additional images and information and updates which we then load and uh, uh, communicate through our uh, social media we also have dedicated pages for the rhino project you can see them uh, from our major menu on the friend of the earth uh, website uh, um, under the rhino project uh, uh, submenu uh, so um, there's plenty of information there and for anybody who's interested or would like to uh, participate on a voluntary basis or as a stage or something like that to the, the project or this one or others just be in contact with us we are a bunch of uh, enthusiasts uh, environmentalists and uh, people who sincerely want to help and improve our planet awesome paulo thank you so much for uh, taking the time tell us about the rhino so it's friend of the earth org uh because the midwest uh, the united states midwest we put s's on the end of everything <laughs> yeah that's normal that's normal that's midwest that's 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 uh that's midwest all over the place so friend of the earth.org uh you can find them there and follow thank you so much for taking the time and being with us here on animal talk it's a pleasure thank you for inviting me have a, have a great day all right be well and then everybody, thank you for listening and, and following along. We just like, yes, like, subscribe, leave a comment, go to Animal Talk Radio on Instagram, uh, friend of the earth in front of the sea, uh, find their Instagram as well. We'll have all that linked down uh, in the comments as well as links to the websites. Uh, and uh, I'll get the links, direct links to those videos that we had mentioned as well. So we'll have all those in the comments in the uh, descriptions for you down below the videos, down below uh, the audio tracks when they are released. So once again, uh, like, subscribe, leave a comment, all those podcast things in all the podcast places. Make sure you head on over to wearingfunny.com. You can grab yourself some gear to show off what a proud pet parent you are. Are you a cool cat mom? Are you a happy doggy daddy? We got all the gear just for you. Hats, shirts, all kinds of swag. Wearingfunny.com. Go check it out and show yourself a little animal pride with Animal Talk. Once again, like, subscribe, leave a comment. Thank you so much for being here. Have an exotic week and kiss your wild thing for us. Bye, bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye.